It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The ball don't lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is the midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick takes songs from a particular soundtrack. Uh, then based on these selection, selections from that soundtrack that are played, Hard's not supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film for midweek movie music. And oh man, now my my black card is questioned too. <laughs> I wouldn't now, I wouldn't go that far. Oh man, because I, I don't I don't think I have anything at all. You know I don't. I think uh, hard. I, I guarantee you've watched this movie. I guarantee you have. You're on the right path. I just it's not Chris Tucker. It is another black comedian though. Oh, <laughs> is it? Oh man, that's good. Is it Eddie Murphy? Oh, you're getting the names close. It's not Eddie Murphy. It's Martin Lawrence. It's not Martin Lawrence. Oh wow. Is it Richard Pryor? It's another Eddie. Eddie Griffin? It's Eddie Griffin. Oh. Undercover brother? brother it is brother. undercover brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Came out 21 years ago today. Wow. That's undercover a brother. Now the songs make a lot more sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It yeah. does. <laughs> okay. Had anybody got it on the specs test? I don't think so. All right. So we're good. That's a good one, man. That's yeah, a good, that, that's a good random movie that I did not think of. Somebody just yeah. got Undercover Brother with you, but that was a good one. I mean, I, the Specs text on uses a lot better than us, and they did not get it at all either. Yeah. Wow. I like it. Good job. Good job, That Patrick. was a good one, man. Wasn't there a sequel? Yes, there was. Undercover Brother 2. See, he even knows there's a sequel. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I've seen Undercover Brother. It yeah. actually, it, the premise of it is pretty funny. It oh, actually, man, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The premise of it is pretty funny because is it um, – Man, is it Neil Patrick Harris in it? Yeah, yes. I believe Neil Patrick Harris is the, the main yeah. bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I remember it, actually. Okay, good job. Good job. Uh, my uh, black card will be suspended for one week <laughs> for <laughs> not knowing that hard. You as well. Yeah, black card suspended for one week. Yeah, that was... Right, I'm, you got to get that. Come I'm, on. Undercover yeah. brother? I mean, once he... I was I was on the... I was in the area code. You, you were in the area like, code. I was like, look, I know you're a fan of this comedian, Arch. Yeah, I am. That was a tough one. Legalizer says, well done, Patrick. That was a hard one. Yeah, that was plus, tough. It's <laughs> also one of those phones that you see and you're like, oh, I bet this has a really good soundtrack. Exactly. You're right. And then uh, in, in Undercover it. Brother 2 <laughs> was Michael J. White. He was... He took Eddie, uh, Eddie Griffin's spot. He became the Undercover Brother. Oh, Eddie Griffin wasn't. Oh, he wasn't even he in. He wasn't in number two. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That That's, is interesting. I didn't realize that. I I must. I definitely he probably wanted more money. I definitely didn't see the sequel then. Yeah, you. Did. I don't think I seen the. sequel I don't think then. any of us saw the sequel. <laughs> which is why you're still trying to figure it out. Oh man! Yeah. Wow. Okay. 
That's interesting there. Okay, so that was a good job there, Patrick. That was a great job, You actually job, had everybody stumped on that yeah. one. Uh, all right, so hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Uh, you also hit us up via Twitter. Uh, I, my man Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Uh, Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. Uh, and you can hit up me. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. All right, we're going to get to some NFL news, notes, and nuggets here. Uh, there are a couple of different topics that we want to jump into. I did promise to bring up the topic really quickly about the barbecue. Uh, just so people know, this is I was going to throw it into the flex and we ran out of time. There is Texas high school barbecue competitions. Mm-hmm. Like state championship competitions. Um, <clears throat> actually, the winner is a, the coach of the winning team this year is a former Texas high school football coach. Crazy. It's nothing. Shocker. Uh, and it says in his third season coaching barbecue, <laughs> uh, he led, uh, this coach led Rockwall ISD's uh, Dr. Gene Burton College and Career Academy, the grand champion of the 2023 Texas High School Barbecue State Championship. That was earlier this month. Yeah, there you go. So you can actually, I, I mean, I don't know how many teams actually have barbecue. I don't um, I mean like barbecue sanctioned high school teams, but it says that uh, the grand champion there were ninety two teams at the twenty twenty three Texas High School Barbecue State Championship on May sixth. Man, yeah, and Sean Hill was the coach who actually uh, apparently he was a high school football coach, and now just three years after his career changed to be the barbecue coach at the high school, he's coached his team to a their first state title. And they get belts. They <clears> get them belt buckles. That's They get yeah. the grand champion. This is news to me, and this is fantastic. Yeah. That's, a, that's awesome. I mean, we I need to know how many teams in the flex area are. Because we're going to put have, them on the all-flex team. <laughs> that have their own barbecue teams here in the flex area. I know there's a team here in Central Texas that has a barbecue team. They got to be. I gotta ask my man that, David Wilson about it because he's he's right here in in, it's gotta in be. Austin. So I'm um yeah because I'm reading an ESPN article about yeah. it and from Dave Hill, right? I mean Dave, Dave Wilson. Wilson. And it yeah, says he Round, lives here. It says Round Rock, Texas. So yeah. I wonder if he can tell us if there's a team here in Central Texas. I'm gonna text, I'm text him right now. You know Dave Wilson? Yeah. Good, good for you. Yeah. I told you harsh know everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to text um, him about this barbecue thing. I'm sure we thing. could just Google it. Yeah. Bobbing the man like that. But no, I, I he it. needs to tell me. He did an interview. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we pumping him up. Yep. Come on, man. Uh, so that's good stuff there. I didn't know that. Texas high school. So they, they should try to time that out. So they, that the championship was May 6th. I don't know, I guess that may be the only time they can do it, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and try to avoid all the other conflicts within a season. But anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, so that was part of our flex. But remember, the Wednesday night flex is tonight. Um, they're going to have some uh, very special guests coming on for you, too. We'll give you more details about that coming up later on in the show. All right, let's get to uh, this Bill Barnwell offseason rankings. So Bill Barnwell, who, of course, does uh, work for ESPN, longtime uh, ESPN writer, uh, is, is an ESPN Plus uh, article, but he was ranking all of the, uh, the off-season moves so far for every team in the NFL. We'll, we'll get to the Cowboys. Let's start with the Texans. He's got the Texans off-season. He includes the draft in this, by the way. Draft is included, too, along mm-hmm. with free agency, everything. 
22nd best offseason moves in his article. And the Texans 22nd? Are, 22nd. The 22nd best offseason is, is basically ranking the best offseasons, period. Yeah, okay. And I thought they had a good offseason. He does list the. Obviously, the pluses, which are hiring D'Amico Ryans, um, you know, getting your franchise quarterback. Uh, he also talks about, you know, how the uh, the Texans, with the um, latest, obviously, moves they've made with the coaching staff, um, they've brought in a group that's expected to have some success, uh, at least uh, early on, because D'Amico Ryans is a former Texan himself, so he knows the culture, all that kind of stuff. Right. So he's very complimentary, but then he brings up the Will Anderson trade. She's a little critical of the Will Anderson trade. And like a lot of folks are basically saying, if that doesn't work out, it is going to be an indictment on the Texans' overall offseason. We won't know if that trade worked out until we see Will Anderson on the field. I think Will Anderson, if he is in a discussion for defensive player of the year or has a or sorry, rookie of the NFL, rookie defensive rookie of the year, or has a really good season, um, yeah, it'll justify the pick a little bit more, at least what they gave up for the pick. Okay. But I could see why people are critical of it. 22nd is a little low. I think they've had a better offseason than most NFL teams, but I haven't followed every NFL team, but they've had a, a pretty good offseason. 22nd may be considered a little low. They've had a lot of splashy moves that I think may, yep. may have stood out, um, but maybe Bill Bornwell is not very high on all those splashy moves they've made. Yeah, I don't, mm. I, you know, you got Robert Woods, who I think is going to be a good football player. I mean, he, he may be happy, but you're still trying to figure out uh, what's next? You picked up Dalton Schultz. You got a good draft pick. You did good things. So I, thought I, said, I thought they picked yeah. up some good in the free agency. Yeah. Too. They did pretty good. They did really good in that. So I don't know where, where he's <laughs> upset with them or what happened, but I thought they had a good offseason, especially when you brought up the D'Amico Ryan's hire. Obviously, he's not going He's not going anywhere. They're, they couldn't let <laughs> that happen again, you wouldn't think, right? Well, he was like the one of the top, you know, Yes. Candidates, yes, uh, for any of the coaching vacancies, and he chose the Texans. I thought that was big. Yeah, actually. that was huge. Yeah. Remember, he turned down other interviews and essentially said, "I'm paraphrasing that you know he thought it was more fate and destiny that he go back to the Texans." Yeah, and so he chose the Texans. I thought that was big too because the Texans are not an organization that. If you have your pick <laughs> of different organizations to choose to choose from, and he did, um, the Texans are not the type of organization that you would, you know, you would choose to start your coaching career, which is what D'Amico Ryan's is doing. Yeah, he's gonna start his coaching career with the Texans, which have lately been more of a fuster cluck of a franchise. They've been kind of dormant. Let's just well, say that. Yeah, being kind. <laughs> yeah. You're being kind. I'm looking out for him. Um, okay, let's get to the uh, the Cowboys. Uh, Bill Barnwell has the Cowboys ranked third. Mm-hmm. Third best offseason. Come on, uh, Ranked by Bill Barnwell. Don't saying, tease me. Yeah, no, he loves it. I loved it, too. No, um, we all did. He says uh, basically the Cowboys come in as having the third best offseason, um, but in reading the rundown, the Cowboys feels like basically he is – He's 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 not sure if it'll all materialize into them, you know, improving overall and getting past that dreaded divisional round. Um, but he is high on their their offseason, just like we have been. Right. So we're not blowing too much smoke and sunshine for Cowboys fans. Bill Barnwell really likes it too. I just think because they addressed all the the defense, which was a top five defense last year, mm-hmm. and. The two big issues on that top five defense, the two weaknesses that teams could exploit and attack, 
were the corner opposite Trevor and Diggs and the interior run defense and their run defense overall. Um, they tried to fix that temporarily last year with Jonathan Hankins, and they needed to um, have a more long-term solution. But he was a stopgap for him, uh, right. a quick fix. Literally, he a was stopgap. Yeah, <laughs> he, no doubt, he was a quick fix. But that's why they got uh, Mazzy Smith, mm-hmm. right? They got him. They got Mazzy Smith, and so he's an interior D lineman in the first round. So they got a long-term solution, as that plunger I always talk about. And they traded for Stephon Gilmore. Yep, and they who, definitely needed that part of it. So right now where I'm looking at the Cowboys defense, I don't see a weakness. What's the weakness now? I I've, I didn't see one from the go. Those were the two. I mean, because what we saw. Those with the, were the two. You saw exactly where the, the one thing that we've always talked about was the lack of depth at the linebacker position. Well, we can sit here now and you can say, depending on where you're going to play, Micah Parsons, uh, that's kind of the linebacker position. You look at Van Der Esch, but you got Jabril Cox. You got Devin Harper, who's still there. You brought in DeMarvin Overshawn. You And another guy that you need to pay attention to is Isaiah Land, another kid from FAMU that you're going to need to play. And Damone Clark. What is Damone Clark going to bring this year? So at the linebacker position was the only position that I thought they might have needed to do a little bit more. Well, they did. They went and got over Sean to be able to fill that in there. Yeah. So I'm cool with that. Yeah, so maybe if you were looking for the off-ball linebacker spot uh, opposite Opposite. of LVE. Yep. But your best safety trio in the Mm -hmm. league and the deepest, your cornerback – if you're ranking this cornerback group, and at, you know, at one point we probably could get into that too, I would say it's probably when you're top five. Now, if you throw in a nickel, and in fact, let's get into that real yeah, quick let's do because that. Yeah. there was a list of candidates who, and this was came, this came from the 33rd. It's a website that covers the NFL. Uh, has a lot of former players and coaches and execs that write and cover the NFL for the 33rd, and they had a list of players most likely to get cut. During uh, training camp, and Jordan Lewis mm-hmm. for the Cowboys made the list. Now he's a seven-year vet, but he's scheduled to make close to five million this season. They haven't paid Trevon Diggs yet. We know that's coming. Deron Bland just had a hell of a season. Five interceptions, had a breakout season as a rookie. Yep. for them. Uh, so shout out to the texter that told us about Deron Bland too, because he kept saying he's out of Fresno State. Pay attention to him. Hey, and he ended up balling out. But I mean, that, he is one of the, the great, the best hidden gems in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, uh, they. So I think the the expectation is that he's going to end up taking over that nickel spot potentially, especially now you got Stephon Gilmore. Those are your top three corners. I'm not saying Jordan Lewis, and maybe Jordan Lewis is the. I don't know the 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 starter, the uh, projected starter there, but I think they they'd much rather run Bland be starting at that nickel role because he's cheaper mm-hmm. and he's just coming off a breakthrough season where he got five interceptions. They could they could trade him uh, if they do want to get something in return for him, uh, but he's gonna cost you. I saw this little stat too. He's gonna cost you more than. If you go look at all of it, he's going to cost you more than Trevon Diggs, Deron Bland, Nation Wright, and Eric Scott Jr. are making combined. But he's at the final year of his contract. You're going to end up. You can end up letting him walk away later. Well, um, why not trade him? Get if you can get him. some, if you can get some value for yeah. him, yeah, I can why see that. But, but again, let's not forget. Let's not forget last year. Yeah, a lot of guys when he him. left, when he wasn't there, 
we were exposed even more so. You had a lot of injuries at corner. You had Anthony yeah. Brown go down, yes. Jordan Lewis go down. Um, but yeah, so maybe that is maybe he's insurance policy. It, it may be considered expensive certain insurance policy, but maybe you keep him around as the insurance policy yep. in case guys get hurt. Yeah, you uh, can but, say he's still working his way back into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can but say that. If you are trying to clear cap space to make yeah. another move, you could get uh, like five million in cap space, or at least four and a half, I believe, in cap space. If you decide to cut them, and Cowboys just gained because of the post June first cuts are going to kick in, yeah. they'll get like ten million in cap space from that too. Because I think that's the Zeke uh, yeah. move they made and some of the other moves that they made too. So uh, we'll get to that. But also, uh, don't forget about is uh, somebody told me too to think about Israel uh, Mukiyamu. Yep. Uh, don't forget about him because Dan Quinn loves that guy and he's kind of a he's a got length man. J run curse starter kid. Yeah. Six four two zero five. Yep. Remember. Last year, they threw him in there because they were so light on corners. They put him yep. um, at that nickel spot a little bit, too, and he wasn't terrible. He was actually pretty damn good, even though he's more of a safety than a nickel. But in that Dan Quinn defense, positionless football, he wants to move guys around. And he loves the length, as Harsh has brought up, the range of uh, Makayamu, too. So think uh, about that's what throw out there. Think about this. At cornerback, you have mm-hmm. Stephon Gilmore, Nashawn Wright, C.J. Godwin, or Goodwin, and Miles Brooks, who just came in. The right cornerback, you have Trayvon Diggs, Kelvin Joseph, who has also been working at slot and safety. Yep. And then you drafted Eric Scott from Southern Miss, and then you got a free agent, D'Angelo Mandel. But also at the safety positions, you got Donovan Wilson, Malik Hooker, J. Ron Kearse, uh, Mukuamo, and Marquise Bell. All at the safety position. And they like Marquise Bell, And they like him because of special teams because he can go out there and help with that. So you're looking at this team on the Dallas Cowboys where you were just talking about the secondary. This is a deep, deep secondary if they can stay healthy. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that, and then you, Deron Bland and, and Jordan Lewis at Nickelback. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, like I said, they don't have a lot of weaknesses on that defense, and we're talking about a top five defense from last year. That explains why Cowboys want to run the football mm-hmm. uh, a lot more too. Um, okay, so that's the Cowboy that's most likely uh, to get cut, and I I do think there's something to it, but yeah, I I'm, I think Parge made a good point about the injuries last year. They mounted up for the Cowboys, and maybe they do need an insurance policy behind that as well. For sure. Um, all right, the uh, other Cowboys nugget I want to get to was the Robertson rankings. We'll save that and talk. And we'll get into that coming up in the six o'clock. And there's also uh, an article about the backfield rankings in the NFL, and they already have the Atlanta Falcons as the best <laughs> backfield in the league. And I wonder if that's true, or is it, and maybe it is already true, that they have the best backfield in the league. We'll talk about that, too, um, and get into Bijan and where he's going to fit in with the Atlanta Falcons and that backfield. So we'll do that coming up in the uh, top of the 6 o'clock. What you got coming up for the people on Hard Knock Life? Believe it or not, folks, we're going to talk some rugby. You've heard us talking <laughs> about the Sevens, the premier rugby Sevens action. Well, we're going to have a former player, Corey Jones, come on and talk to us a little bit about rugby and what we can expect when you go to Q2 Stadium on June 17th. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know if we've had anybody on the I don't think we've ever, ever. First time. First time. I like that. Go yeah. make some history on Ball right. Online right here. Coming back right here for Hard Knock Life right here on 104.9 The Horn. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a midweek movie edition of Bald Don't Lie. And the midweek movie is Undercover Brother. Me and Rod had to turn in our black cards for the week, but we will make sure that we get them back next week. Come on, Patrick, give us some love. Uh, but it's your boy, Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Hard. You can follow my man, Rod Babers, at Rod Babers. And of course, you can follow the man behind the glass that stumped all of us today at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And uh, joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, there is some action that will be going on at Q2 Stadium June 17th. It's the Premier Rugby Sevens. And joining us right now to give us a little bit of information and talk a little bit about his career and educate us on rugby is my man, Corey Jones. Corey, how you doing today? Hey, fellas. How's it going? It's well. Good, 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 man. Thank you for joining us because we have so many questions that uh, goes behind the scenes of the rugby, rugby and the rugby sevens that will be playing here at Q2 Stadium. But you were a former professional player for the Austin team. So tell us about that experience and what you love about Austin. 100%. 100%. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. Um, PR7 started three years ago um, in Memphis, and, man, it's kind of taken off from there. Essentially, it's just a professional sevens league here in the state. Um, I'm actually still in it again this year. I have moved teams out to the Colorado Experts. Uh, we've won the last few years, hoping to make it a 3 Um but, yeah, man, rugby itself, it's a, it's a pretty tough game that um, was actually made before football. Football kind of got its, got its legs from rugby. So is there, there's a bit of history there. Hey, Corey, let me ask you about uh, the sport overall. Uh, have you noticed that it's uh, the popularity uh, growing in, uh, in America as opposed to, I know internationally uh, it's a lot more uh, popular and well-known, but here in, the, here in the States, have you noticed the popularity is increasing? Yeah, man, definitely, definitely. I mean, I'll date myself a little bit. I graduated 2012, um, and rugby wasn't an option for me, I guess, back then. (laughs) But uh, it's kind of cool now to uh, see the grassroots grow. Um, I'm still living in Austin, and there's a club called the Austin Hunt down here that does a really, really good job of promoting grassroots rugby. You know, young kids as age six, um, you know, kind of – kind of growing up to the ranks now. So, um, man, it's, it's, it's an awesome sport that's definitely picking up pace, um, hopefully to find the, 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 the downside of the NFL when they, they take their break. 
Well, that's the interesting part about it. We're talking to Corey Jones, and he's part of the Colorado experts uh, of the Professional Rugby League. And we will be having more action here in Austin, Texas, at Q2 Stadium, June 17th. So make sure you go to PR7s.com to get your tickets. But I wanted to ask you this because – you know, a lot of people still don't understand the game, and you mentioned the football aspect of it where it was kind of around before football. So for those that are ignorant to the sport, what is the teams made up of? How many players on each side, and how do you score? Yeah, 100%. The whole gist, you got seven guys on each side. Uh, the ball can only be passed lateral or backwards. So all lateral passes um, – you can kick the ball forwards. That's the only way the ball can travel forwards without it being a penalty. And to score the ball in the end zone, you have to actually touch the ball to the ground. So for us, it's called a try. But how football got the word touchdown is from rugby having to actually touch the ball to the ground to score. So there's no breaking the plane uh, or, you know, tipping over the pylon. You have to actually ground the ball inside the, the end zone. That is definitely something that is interesting, especially when you talk about it. The touchdown literally is you have to touch the ball down on the ground as you pass the goal. But then I also wanted to ask you, too, you know, we see people, I've seen it at Round Rock Express. They've had games out there now. Obviously, they're moving it to Q2. But when you do that stack, what exactly is that stack before the ball is even uh, snapped? Yes, that's called a scrum. So again, that was that kind of that resembles the O line D line of a football game. So if an infraction happens, the ball falls forward. That's one thing uh, in rugby. You can't drop the ball forward, and you can't run out of bounds. If you do one of those two things, the ball gets turned over to the other team. Uh, So there's no hiding in between those white lines. And essentially, you have three guys on each side that will collide with each other in the middle of the field. And then somebody called a scrum half, which is normally your quarterback on the team, will put the ball in between those six players. And honestly, whoever has the strongest guts will <laughs> will get that ball back. And then the ball gets played from there and the game continues again. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Every time you see it, you see these guys get into this pile, then all of a sudden the ball comes flying out. And the next thing you know, somebody's getting knocked on their butt and then the ball just keeps on moving. <laughs> Like, it's, it's, it's just kind of crazy when you start looking at it. When you got involved in it, as you said, you graduated 2012, and, you know, it wasn't an option for you. What made you decide to get involved with, with rugby in this career path? Oh, brother, how much time do you have? <laughs> uh, I actually uh, went on scholarship at the University of Arkansas. Uh, so I was a Razorback for a little bit. And if you remember uh, the whole Bobby Petrino thing, I'm not going to – spread any bad hate back to my alumni, but uh, when that whole fiasco happened, the organization kind of dipped. There was a rugby team there, uh, the club team, and the head coaches reached out to the players who were transferring all over the nation to try to get away from everything that was going on in that organization. And the coaches talked a great game. Coach Fife, Coach Franz, everything, you know, is to them because I joined that team and Three years later, so I'm a professional contract, and I've been playing for nine years professional ever since. Hey, Corey, you seem like uh, you really have a passion for uh, the, the game, and I just want to ask you, because Jim Brown passed away 
uh, obviously last week uh, sometime, and people were talking about his obviously his accomplishments and accolades as a lacrosse player uh, and stuff like that. So I want to ask you rugby-wise, and people talk about different sports, can you give me like your greatest uh, rugby players of all time, like your Mount Rushmore, if you will? No, Rushmore rugby players. Uh, Perry Baker, Ooh. right off the bat, one of the, better, one of the best players to play sevens um, across the board. He's won two-time player of the year. I had the privilege of playing with him year one at PR7. A great, great rugby player. Um, Todd Clever, known as Captain America. I mean, that guy has done so much for the game and now is on the back end, kind of growing the grassroots on the bottom side up. Uh, Todd is very, very, very noble in there. Um, let's see. Let me bring it back to Texas. Uh, Justin Hale, Justin Hale at the cat from, from Austin, Texas, who is now, he has done so successful in the game that he's now become a rep which has been a really big thing for rugby and like giving back to the sport that after you play, then you turn around and ref and you try to grow the game from the, from the inside there. So those three guys are probably my, my, my top picks of, wow. of, of, of best players. And I mean, there's tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of guys and women that uh, I can name on there, but those are the top three that just shoot to mind. Nice. I thought I'd stump you. That's yeah, really good. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote those down. Yeah, well, so did I. So did I. <laughs> we have a good friend of ours. Her name is Rocky Osborne, and she's she's big into um, rugby as well. She's been coaching it. She's played it. Her husband was one of the big uh, coaches here, and now her daughter is trying out for the uh, – USA team, the I forgot, I think it's like under 16, 16U team. So wow. we're learning a lot more about rugby, just just like we're learning a lot more about everything else. Hmm. So I have a question for you. Somebody sent me a text, and they asked me about the referee. He puts one finger gun, and then sometimes he'll put up two finger guns. What exactly does that mean? Yeah, so just like uh, I, think I love relating everything back to the NFL, just how everything there has – uh, their own hand signal or their own whistle code. Uh, rugby's no different. So if an infraction happens, the referee will blow the whistle. And then when that comes, that normally gives the best opportunity for the entire field to obviously stop and then focus on the sir. And he'll give you some sort of hand signal, which would be a hand in the air, hands crossing, a fist in the air, um, some sort of motion. And that would dictate what the penalty was and then which direction the ball is being presented to for which team to attack. So you can, you can do something naughty on offense. You can do something naughty on defense. And it can go both ways. So whichever way the ref points and then gives his signal will then let everybody on the field know which way they can attack, who's on defense now, and where the ball's going. Wow, man, there's all kinds of rules and regulations that nobody, nobody really understands like that. So uh, another question that was asked of us is, what's the difference between rugby and Australian rules football? Oh, Aussie rules football. Um, that is a daredevil sport, to say the <laughs> least. Uh, I don't know too much about it. I've only played it one time uh, Rugby has a few different codes to it. So 15, sevens, touch, Oz tag, Aussie rules. Uh, it's still played with the same, essentially the same ball, but uh, different codes to it. Yeah. But Aussie rules football is a lot of jumping, a lot of hitting in the air. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to bring any shame to, to Aussie rules. I can, I'm going to stick to my craft with sevens. <laughs> I like that. I like that. 
Hey, uh, let me ask you: Do y'all what what padding are you wearing? Yeah. If any padding out there? Yeah. So um, normally, if you have a head knock, uh, or if you're in the the scrum that we talked about earlier, you may wear a scrum cap, which is a leather or sometimes polyester um, head helmet, so to speak. Uh, I know the the seven on seven football players are wearing that now at yeah. younger ages to kind yeah. of prevent yep. those head knocks. But outside of that, uh, some guys with big shoulder injuries, reconstructions may wear a soft pad, uh, but cleats and a mouth guard is all you really get. Ooh, cleats and a <laughs> mouth guard. <laughs> and just go out there and just run into mm-hmm. each other with uh, no wow. remorse, right? Man, no respect. remorse. Respect. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's kind of the thing about, about rugby, though. You think with no pads and nothing on, there'd be more injuries and actually less injuries because just like you're taking care of your body, you're also thinking about the other person's body. You know, yes, you want to make this big highlight hit, but you do have to think after each hit, you have to pick yourself off the ground and give yourself a little come-to-Jesus moment of how bad that really hurt. So, um <laughs> There's a lot of safety techniques that go into it, but at the end of the day, it's, it's metal on metal. So, Man, Corey, thank you so much for joining us. And make sure y'all get out there. They're going to have all kinds of things going on. You can party with the PR7s for the Eastern Conference kickoff Saturday, June 17th at Q2 Stadium. Don't miss any of the action because you know it's going to be a fan fest and you might get to meet all of these players as they get ready to go into battle. You can get your tickets today at pr sevens the word sevens.com that's pr sevens.com Corey, man we appreciate you jumping on with us and educating our community on rugby because i know that you guys are still trying to grow this sport and we're doing everything that we possibly can to help you out yeah 100 percent, guys Thanks for having me on again it's a really inclusive community uh you can be a professional or you can be just starting we like to bring everybody in i want to mention on that fan fest just for the the listeners out there, Fan Fest starts at 3. So the gates open at 2.30. The games kick off at 4 p.m. with a halftime of Black Joe Lewis at 6 p.m. And to wrap up a little bit later that evening. But that, 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 that's a little exclusive for y'all. Uh, and my, my PR manager may come and get me for that. But uh, <laughs> now that Black Joe Lewis is going to be there. Yet, nice. So y'all fans are hearing it first. Black Joe Lewis at 6 p.m. will be our little halftime. We'll have four games in the front, four games in the back with a trophy lift up in the end. I love I like it. That. I love it. Appreciate I love that. It. Yeah. I like Joe, Black Exclusive. Joe Lewis. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Brown Rocks. That's right. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Corey, and uh, best of luck to you. Is that what y'all say on the pitch? Is it best of luck, or what do y'all say? Uh, cheers. I like that. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Appreciate you, bro. Have a good one. Thanks, brother. All right. Yeah, boys. Yeah, man, that, that, that's interesting. Uh, it is actually. I, I mean, I I've seen rugby, yeah. but uh, man, I don't think I've ever seen it up and it like live. Right, I think I'd actually like to watch it live. So got an opportunity. to do I that. was watching it a couple times because they were being broadcast from the Dale Diamond. They were doing oh, it cool. on there, and I believe that Rocky had something to do with that as well. Her husband Richard. And that's when I really started paying a little bit more attention to the rugby mm-hmm. because they were involved in it. Yeah. And obviously, they're cool people, so you want to try to help them out as much. But, man, it's a physical sport, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, you just said when you said them pads. He was like, basically pads are kind of voluntary and <laughs> most guys don't wear them. Right.
slowing you down, they, man. Essentially, they wear the leather helmets that basically old school football players used to wear. That's why he kept referring back to the football. We should have asked him about football because he's a, he's a football fan. Yeah. He, he played talks, at Arkansas. He talks a lot about – he kept yeah. referencing football references. Yep. I'm sure, obviously, in sport, there are a lot of uh, things that you – commonalities uh, within the sport, considering football is rooted in rugby. But That's where man, the touchdown came yeah, from. Yeah, no, I did not know that. Touchdown. That's we a got Craig Way exactly. nugget right there. That's a Craig Way-like nugget from a man. For Corey. real. So we appreciate his time, man. That's good stuff. Um, okay, uh, we come back. We'll get into – this story, which is a little troubling, but also fascinating. Robert De Niro did it, and then Al Pacino decided he had to do it, too. Come on. And man. we ain't talking about acting. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 The Horn. D.D. Mega Doo-Doo. I'm sorry. Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get they bring the head comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. All right, gentlemen, uh, this story, it's a, it's a strange story, but uh, first of all, Robert De Niro kind of started this, <laughs> uh, I don't know, this weird conversation that we're having about very, very old dads, elder dads, because Robert De Niro, uh, when he was on with Entertainment Tonight in Canada, he was on with Brittany Blair, and she was talking about his six kids that he has, and he corrected her, like, on the spot. He's like, no, no, I got seven. He's like, I just had a baby. And she, like, was like, what? She was, like, taken aback. Like, what do you mean? You're 79 years old. He's like, yeah, I just had a baby. So Robert De Niro just had a, just had a child uh, at 79 years old. So that was a huge story last on the last week or last month sometime. We didn't really get into it, but then <laughs> this story, <laughs> I figure we got to talk about this now because one of the most other well-known actors in um, you know Hollywood circles is Al Pacino, and just this week it was revealed that Al Pacino, who has acted in plenty of movie with Robert De Niro, I'm fans of them both, that he is said to have another kid at. 82 Three, years 83. old. 83. 83. Yeah. With his eight months pregnant, 29 year old girlfriend. You heard what he said. 29. 29. And he's got kids. Man. He's got two daughters well, that, that no. they are older than her. Well, yeah. That, yeah. It's, that's, that's wild. Mm. That's wild. Why do you want to be a, a dad that old? I mean, she is kind of cute, though. She's kind of cute? Yeah. 
No, I'm no. She's great. Oh no, you can definitely get your groove on. I'm not saying not get your groove on. Oh, he's get your groove on by any. Hey, do that for sure. Yeah. If you 80 some years old, and you still want to get your groove on. Oh yes, yeah, I am. You're not praying slipping one past the goalie at 83. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this was an effort. I yeah, I think they are. Well, I I think they are using you know yeah. techno- medical technology, frozen eggs, frozen you know embryos, and frozen sample and all that stuff. To, to do it. It's probably even done outside. You know, yeah, it's probably not done in a traditional let's sense. Let's put it this way. If yes. you're 83 years old and your 29-year-old wife told you she was pregnant and you didn't try, mm. you'd be like, oh, you're, you're out. You're done. Right. Like, you cheated on me. Because it wasn't me. Because that's how <laughs> science works. You, that was what you'd say. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be like, oh, I'm so happy we're pregnant. You'd be like, no, you clearly are cheating on me. So you you just saying you don't think it's happening? Uh, they're like going into no. The- I don't think I don't think he was. Oh, we oops. Who knew? <laughs> Only that happened. Hey, you like you said, you ain't slipping it past the goalie at that point. Here's a question: seventy nine. I mean, I was Blue Chew in the store? What is it? Was he well, taking Blue Chew? That's the question Patrick's bringing yeah, up. Is was that he, was he Blue Chew? Do we it? think that they were something that was done? Do natural kind of well, intimacy? I'm or not rather- even saying. I'm not even saying you can't do it at eight three. I'm saying. Doctors say like stuff. it's like sixty five. You don't produce. I know that's what I'm saying. I you think don't it was produce anything to do that. Technological advances. Yeah. They, they people who are really rich freeze their yeah their eggs and they freeze their sample and all that kind of stuff. Well, I, I got some. I think for he probably you. froze it and then his girlfriend was like, "Hey, I, I want access to that." Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you know uh, I, mean? gonna, I got nice. I got eggs that hey, are still healthy. Hey, I you're want gonna you're to gonna it. go crazy in like fifteen minutes. <laughs> you're gonna go senile any day now. I need something <laughs> to tie down this monetary. Monetary commitment. So, uh, so here's the story. Yeah. I want y'all to understand this as well. So, the story behind this young lady is pretty interesting. Not only is she having a kid with Al Pacino. Oh no! What are you trying to say now? She dated Mick Jagger and oh. Clint Eastwood. Hold up! When she's 29, she dated what? Hip, She what dated ages? Jagger. In 2017, when he was 74, and she was 22. I mean, when did she date Clint Eastwood? Uh, it says right here, the following year, she was rumored to be dating Clint Eastwood, who, wow. by the way, is 91 years old. It said, however, she claimed that the pair were merely just family friends. Uh, this so she doesn't, she doesn't have daddy issues. She has granddad issues. <laughs> but uh, the thing about I, it is they say that this young lady is – not she is definitely part of the life because she travels with rich and famous people. Like she, she's not like a gold digger. She got bread. No, she got bread from. She got yeah, bread. Yeah. yeah, what's she get bread for though? When when, when she who's she get bread from? She's, she's got, got family money. She's got thing? family money. She's got she got money to hire a writer to say she got family money. Yeah. She's got family money, man. I don't know. No, I don't, I don't I'm know not if buying, I believe that. Yeah. Buying, <laughs> they, said according, they said according to yeah. according to a source that talked to Page Six, the age gap doesn't seem to be a problem. Even though he is older than her father, she moves in wealth, wealthy jet set crowds and comes that with family. Comes from a family with money. Yeah, I mean, I, I said I I don't know. This it sounds creepier and creepier. Honestly, it, it's definitely something that's creepy. Like, and I don't even. She got. Patrick says she got granddaddy issues. Granddaddy issues. <laughs> I just, hey man, I'll tell you, there is something nice though that you can just change both diapers at once. 
You can change. <laughs> yeah. You can change the father's diapers and the baby's diapers she at once. She don't change any one of those diapers, I know, man. but that, that's what they hire people for. Exactly. The one she hires is going to be changing up diapers. But I can't believe that that they just kind of she's going she's making her way through like the wealthy social circles yeah. and the socialites of Hollywood until she finds somebody that can knock her up. Yep. Wow. They said she was, the, the texter is right. And it said that she dated a billionaire philanthropist who is now 61 in 2018. You know what? She's going, she's going, man, that's, this is, that is, I cannot believe it. <laughs> now I got to look at her again. Is oh, some, yeah. something, is there something like special about her? No. Yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't say ooh when they take their clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's special. He's 83, Rod. Well, maybe she likes like celebs too. She's got a lot of celebs on the list. And man. I don't know. She, she wasn't born by the time that <laughs> she Al never Pacino was already like too, like not doing movies anymore. I don't, yeah, I know, trust me, I don't understand it either. I'm just trying to try to see why somebody from money, because now yep. we're taking away the gold digging factor. Like, that she's know, not a gold digger because she doesn't need the money. So now you're talking about it's a fetish that she just likes. Oh, like she old, can't because she got she having a baby with him. She likes old, like just old, you know, saggy. Stuff. Well, here's the other part. <laughs> this is great. She's the anti-Leo. <laughs> I love it. Once you get to 60, you got to go. Wow. So you know what? And maybe she's and this actually does turn her on. This is actually something that, you know, like this kind of floats her boat. Then it makes sense why all the other old men in social circles yeah. warn her. They're like, dude, she actually is turned on by these saggy things. Yeah, they, 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 they yes, they bring her. I will pay her whatever. She she gets turned bring on by her. the sag of the better? <laughs> oh, she wants word, it drooping? Word gets passed around on the Pony Express about her. Yeah. Come on. I, you know, that's, oh. crazy. That's, that's a unicorn. At 29 years old, you know what movie she probably knows Al Pacino from? That Adam Sandler movie, Jack and Jill. That's what she knows it from. <laughs> <laughs> but this, though, this is oh, you were making that movie. That's fascinating, though, that she is from money. Yeah, this is. This Doesn't is, need uh, it. So yeah. this, she is pursuing these old men because she likes old men. She likes old men. Wow. You know what? That, you know what? I'm, I'm getting older. So I guess <laughs> in my 60s, I'll be like, hey, that, be that, like, hey, man, hey, hey, hey you yeah. got to make wow. a lot more money before that comes into effect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, you're right. She likes rich and old, yeah. too. Yeah. That, that, that's what she I'm just saying. don't like old. You just like, can't be old. <laughs> you got to have something. Rich and she, old. She yeah. hanging out at Shady Oaks Drive. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you got to be wealthy and old. I don't think rich she's been done. Yeah. She's past the rich No, she's point. definitely past rich. Wealthy and old. Man. Yeah. I, I was say, does she have that good, good? But I'm like, for those old guys, it's all I'm good. I'm like, good. everything is good, good. <laughs> it's all the it best. It ain't porridge. It's all the best they ever had at that age. She loves the She's old. Like, me? Saggy. You like me? You Man. like me? Yeah. She, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I said that is that's rare. Last night was crazy. She took me in the bedroom, and there was like 35 seconds later, she brought me applesauce. It was a great night. <laughs> but that, that's a great point too. She doesn't have to work that hard. No, like that. If she does, she's gonna hurt him. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Oh, I feel like there's a documentary coming up later about yeah, my right. boy, one of these old stars end up dead in her care. It turns out she just wore him out one night. Yeah, you my took, boy blue. He took some Viagra and then she wore him out. Then boom, went out like Matthew McConaughey's daddy. Isn't that's that Matthew McConaughey's daddy died? That's what I he love says. this right here. He says died. They, she she needs to holler at Jerry. 
Jerry, I hate it, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry's like, next. Yeah, right. I love the women that love the old saggy. <laughs> old saggy junk. That's me. All right. We'll come back. We'll get into uh, Nick Saban. Speaking of old saggy, we're talking about Nick Saban when we come back. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn.